hi there, Ollie Anderson here, creative performance coach and author, helping you grow real in life and business. Growing real just means that you're moving towards wholeness in yourself, deeper connection to who you are, integrating the parts you might have hidden or disowned because of uh, social programming, self-hypnosis, all these kind of things that cause us to hold back and hesitate. This is Creative Status, a podcast about using your creativity to improve your life and to ensure that you are living in a creative, real way where you can do the things you need to do to become real. Uh, Today's episode is an interview with a guy called James Clemens from an organization called Freedom From Anger. The conversation is about how anger is ultimately something that we can transmute or sublimate into fuel for our creative endeavors and the journey of becoming more real. It's kind of a synchronicity that this episode uh, occurred, this interview occurred, because I was actually trying to find somebody who could talk about anger, because I think it's an underrated emotion if we can control it in a healthy way. Um, And James reached out to me saying that he wanted to be on the podcast. So that saved me some work. That was awesome. So this is the conversation coming up. You're about to hear it. Loads of good stuff in here about reframing anger in a positive light, what it even is, how we can use it, how we can manage it, how we can ultimately do what I just said, which is kind of transmute or sublimate the energy through the creative process so we can live a real life. So James, thank you so much for your time. Everybody else, hope you're going to get some value out of this. Sure you will. Here we go. Thanks a bunch. Boom. Oh, hi there, James. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Creative Status. Um, the short version of what you do is that you're an anger management coach or specialist. And I thought it would just be really interesting to talk to you because anger is such a powerful emotion that often has a lot of uh, bad things said about it. So I want to dive into some of the good things about anger in relation to creating our lives, creating ourselves, the creative process. Before we get onto all that, do you want to introduce yourself, tell people what you're all about, how you ended up uh, specializing in anger, and also what you want to get out of this conversation? Oh, well, thank you for having me. Um, I apologize. I'm from the U.S., uh, from Nashville, so I do have a little bit of an accent, uh, but uh, don't believe all the myths surrounding people from the South. Uh, we are very well educated. Um, but yeah, um, I own a Freedom From Anger LLC. Uh, we do uh, virtual behavioral health classes, uh, mainly anger management, stress management, alcohol and drug education. Mm. Um, I've been in the field for probably going on about a decade. Um, I mainly work with a lot of incarcerated individuals. Um, and I've just been, um, just been in the field for a long time. And I saw Mm. that, uh, there was a need for some good quality uh, anger management, uh, because it kind of, took a back seat to other, uh, classes. Um, so me and, uh, a buddy of mine that's mm-hmm. in the same field, we just kind of branched out and started our own thing. Wow. Um, we're very passionate about what we do. Um, uh, <clears throat> I love working with, um, uh, veterans, uh, cause I'm a veteran, uh, uh, first responders. Um, I definitely enjoy, uh, assisting those individuals cause I understand, um, the 
high amounts of stress and anger that comes along with it. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it impacts their their, their daily lives. So mm-hmm. I definitely uh, enjoy working with them. Wow. That's that's all awesome. And I have to say for the record, I actually like the uh, Southern accent. I think it sounds really cool. Um, before we get into the more philosophical side of this, what can we say is a kind of simple definition of what what anger even is? So from my point of view, the way that I look at it, like anger is kind of a self-protective mechanism that we've got. So it's, it's actually a good thing. But sometimes it can go you know, astray, goes, we lose control of it or whatever. But ultimately, it seems to arise either because we've perceived some kind of injustice in the world against ourselves or in the world against other people, or also it seems to arise because of our expectations and those expectations not been met. Um, but is there any simple kind of definition that you usually use when you're working with people? I think you hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, it, especially when it comes to our expectations, mm-hmm. uh, our expectations of ourselves, expectations of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I really uh, enjoy uh, rational, uh, REBT, Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy, uh, mm-hmm. developed by uh, Dr. Albert Ellis. Um, and it's his, you know, he, he, he <clears throat> he gets a lot of stuff from, you know, the Stoic philosophers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you have realistic you know, expectations? And I mm-hmm. enjoy one of his uh, famous quotes. He says, there are three musts that hold us back in life. I must do well. You must treat me well. And the world must be easy. <laughs> he, he was definitely a kind of a straightforward type guy. And, you know, when our needs are not being met, our expectations. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I think the uh, there was a bit of an issue with the recording then. Sorry, I was just going to say, if we can get a grasp on our expectations, then we can basically remove a lot of the unnecessary stress and friction and anger that stems from that from our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are running around and they've got unreal expectations, basically, about what life even is. And the last point you just raised about, you know, they think life should be easy all the time, that we shouldn't have obstacles, we shouldn't have problems, that people should agree with us all the time, blah, 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 blah. All of those things, if you hold on to those kind of assumptions about life expectations, they're basically setting you up for disappointment. And if you, you know, if you don't have a healthy emotional relationship with yourself, then it is going to come out as anger. So is that too simplistic or are we ultimately saying that it boils down to that? Our relationship with ourselves will affect, you know, the levels of anger that we feel, but also what we do with the anger maybe. No, I, I think, uh, you know, we try to overcomplicate, mm. a, a, you know, a lot of things in life and, you know, everybody knows what angry is. It's mm. probably one of the strongest emotions that we have, mm. but we never really, learn to really dig deep and figure out, okay, where is this stemming from? Is mm-hmm. it unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations? You know, it's, you know, um, is it, wow. you know, uh, my needs are not being met and I'm getting upset because if I have the mindset of, you know, I must always get my way or everybody must treat me how I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're setting yourself up for failure. 
Yeah. Because yeah. We, we don't have control over other people, but we have control over how we uh, respond to what they do rather than react, which, mm. you know, reaction and responding is two different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100% yeah. And we, agree. Yeah. And when we tend to be wired to, you know, when that, you know, that primal fight, flight, or freeze happens, you know, we're reacting mm. rather than responding. Mm. So I talk a lot you know, with my clients, you know, about, you know, the, the biological aspect of anger, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on in the body, mm-hmm. you know, the, your body's going to tell you from the jump, Hey, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you know, you have a choice to make. Am I just going to allow my body to take over? Or am I going to actually use my mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I think that mind element is what's so important because, if you're just reacting, you're kind of obviously doing things on autopilot based on your conditioning and all your programming from the past and blah, 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 blah. If you can respond, then it basically means you've got to pause between the stimulus and whatever uh, response you're about to unleash on the world. And you can make a decision in alignment with your higher values, your higher purpose, all that kind of stuff. So before we get into some of this more philosophical stuff I want to talk about, one question that's arisen based on what you just said is do you think a lot of people in the world that we've created these days are kind of been rewarded for having an unhealthy relationship with their anger? Because to me, it seems like a lot of people, especially online anyway, they're constantly outraged. They're constantly looking for something to react to so they can kind of play out some sort of a drama in their own minds, tell themselves the kind of story that they need to believe in so that they don't actually have to face themselves ultimately and then grow more real or t- to a, towards a more accepting place of truth in their own lives. And I know that sounds dramatic, but do you think that's kind of something that's happening? Well, um, uh, Dr. Newton Hightower, um, his, his take um, on anger management is he looks at it like an addict. Mm-hmm. He looks at it like mm-hmm. people become yeah. addicted yeah. to that adrenaline rush. They come a- addicted to how they feel when they're angry. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, you know, if you're an AA or NA, you know, you know, sobriety, you just have to, you just have to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. And I do think people, you know, we're, you know, we're creatures of habit. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we love you know, the same thing. We love routine. And if I'm constantly amped up, then wow. I'm going to become used to that. Mm-hmm. And not being angry, you know, feels weird. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's really interesting. Like, there's, there are short term benefits to losing control of your anger. Like, I've seen this in my own life. Like, I know people who are actually proud that they sometimes get angry and flip out and then other people kind of respond to that by walking on eggshells around them. It's kind of a, it's a way of getting attention ultimately. And it's filling a kind of void inside themselves, I think. But ultimately, if you shift from that short-term reactive relationship with your anger to a more long-term relationship where you're actually responding to your anger and then you're choosing what to do with it instead of allowing it to have control over you, you can get the best of both worlds because you'll have you'll have mastered yourself basically 
but mm -hmm. also you'll be using your anger to improve your life in the long term rather than just the short term. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a good segue into some of the kind of deeper questions I want to ask you. Now we've kind of defined what anger is and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing you've said to me before when we, when we were talking before the conversation is obviously a lot of the time anger has a bad reputation. But actually, if we do learn to respond instead of react, there's a lot of good things about anger. In fact, it's a, it's a very healthy emotion. My whole view of emotions is whatever you're feeling, you have to feel it. And the problems actually arise when you try to hide from it. And because of the way that anger is seen as being destructive and all this kind of stuff, people get into that reactive place that you were talking about instead of responding and then creating with the anger. So my question for you is, what are some of the good things about anger that we can start to embrace in our lives and to kind of get a better grasp of it? Well, uh, you know, just like what you said, um, it, it can be a great learning tool. Mm. Um, so if we feel that there's a <clears throat> injustice, that's going, injustice that's going on, whether it be in our own personal lives mm -hmm. or in our community, we can use it as, as you said earlier, when we talked, you use it as fuel mm. to kind of mm. you know, go out there and, you know, advocate for, mm. you know, better in, you know, social circumstances or just your personal life. Mm. And, you know, anger is, well, you know, it's a strong emotion and we all have it. And a lot of us, we try to avoid it. We try to pretend it's not there, mm. you know. And we stuff, 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 but it builds and builds and builds mm. until finally, you know, we explode. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, th I think there's a <clears throat> there's a movie called Anger Management with uh, yeah. uh, Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. There's one scene where he's like, you know, you get the cashier that just kind of takes it, takes it, takes it. And then one day he comes in and. <laughs> you know, shoots everybody. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and then he's like, you're the cashier because you're, you're avoiding, you know, your feelings, you're avoiding your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think one thing that people can do to get a better relationship with their anger is to start designing some kind of a purpose for their lives? So for me, Everything ultimately comes back to, to having a vision for your life or a purpose, whatever word you want to use, and making sure that it's compelling, it's aligned with your true values, your true intentions. And as you move towards it, you're growing more real. So growing more real in, in all the lingo that I like to throw out just means that you're moving towards wholeness, connection to yourself, connection to others, and connection to the world. And if you design a purpose around that, well, every day you're taking some steps towards that. But in relation to the anger thing, I find if people don't have a purpose, that's when they just end up kind of distracting themselves all the time, or they end up kind of playing these kind of ego games that people get sucked into or creating dramas, because ultimately they're directing their energy in the wrong place. And then eventually when they're directing it in the wrong place, it kind of, it directs itself against them. It kind of ricochets back at them and kind of screws up their lives then they end up, you know, being depressed and anxious and all these kind of things. But have you found in your work that part of what helps people to respond instead of react, it's to 
you know, figure out what their actual purpose is. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything grandiose. And then channeling the anger into that. And so I guess there's two questions, actually. One, does the purpose thing make sense according to all the stuff that you've been doing? And two, how do we get to that point where we can sublimate or transmute or whatever fancy word we want to throw out, transmute the anger into the purpose itself? Um, yes. And, in, in, you know, I'm, um, I'm also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, so you definitely see people substituting, you know, the lack of goals with alcohol, yeah. drugs, yeah. Yeah. Like, you name it, uh, and, and often anger. And I always oh. think of a quote from Aristotle says, um, man is a goal seeking animal. He only has meaning and purpose unless he's reaching out and striving for his goals. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in that. We have to have a goal. We have to have a purpose. If we don't, like you said, we're going to fill it with something. Mm-hmm. And it's never good. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's, it's just, you know, it's just being angry all the time. It's, hey, you know, I don't like what's going on. So now I'm going to get drunk or high or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. and just totally try to you know kind of check out from reality Mm. but Mm. guess what you're gonna sober up (laughs) reality hasn't gone anywhere Mm. and it's just gonna smack you in the face and things get worse so Mm. you know one thing that i've always tried to do especially with alcohol and drug clients is you know you know there's a thing called uh you know motivational interviewing Mm. you know we got to figure out what motivates individuals if we can get them motivated to Mm. see that hey you know to find those goals Mm. you know they're Mm. more likely going to you know uh because they gotta have a benefit Mm. (laughs) you know what am i going to benefit from getting clean and sober what am i going to benefit from not being angry all the time Mm. so Mm. even even if you decide to do nothing (laughs) you're motivated to do nothing yeah yeah so sorry Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna, it's about replacing all of those unreal distractions that have come as a product of reacting with something more real. And you're right, like sometimes that can just be nothing. There's a quote by Nietzsche that I like where he says, um, in times of peace, the warlike man attacks himself. And I think that's kind of related to what we're saying. So like when people uh, don't know what, what their purpose is or whatever it is, they basically kind of check out from reality, like you said. It's a kind of, it's a bubble ultimately where there's nothing really going on. And normally what happens for a lot of people in that situation is they start to attack themselves exactly like you've kind of alluded to. And then they try and project that out to the world and then they just end up getting really angry. So with the goals thing, have you got any advice about how people can figure out what their purpose or next steps might be rather than just being angry all the time? Well, I think ultimately, you know, my my three big things I try to get people to think about mm. is, you know, number one, you got to learn to love yourself mm. Mm. and you got to learn to forgive yourself wow. and you got to learn to forgive other people. Mm. Mm. And it's wow. the, the whole loving yourself is it. Is very very. For some reason, you know, you, you think in our society, you know, we, we all love ourselves, but mm. do we really? No. You know, you got to be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, like I said, they 
they try to replace um, loving themselves with you know loving somebody else. Yeah. Or yeah. try to jump from relationship to relationship when mm-hmm. they really don't take the time to figure out mm-hmm. you know who they are and wow. see that all the time when we're trying to replace things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. learn to love yourself and just something as simple as you know asking somebody, "Are you happy?" Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. something as simple as that. Are you happy? Yeah. And then, you know, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> what would make you happy? Yeah. You know, like yeah. what can you do to make yourself happy? You yeah. Know, not what somebody else can do. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are like, well, I wouldn't be so angry if so-and-so would stop doing this. Well, guess what? You have no control over so-and-so, mm-hmm. but you do have control over you. Yeah. So what can you do, you know, to, you know, relieve the anger mm-hmm. and to, and, it's not be angry all the time. And ultimately it's, it, it's our choices. It's our decisions. It's, you know, what we want out of our lives and people, you know, we just don't slow down long enough to ask ourselves, you know, those simple, simple questions. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're bringing this all back to just been doing what's simple because I think that's so true. A lot of the time, the reason that people are angry and depressed and anxious and all these negative emotions that people feel because they're making things too complicated and actually the most simple thing that you can do is to accept reality that's how i see everything right it always comes back to real unreal wholeness fragmentation if you accept reality then by default you have to accept yourself as well unconditionally because you're real so if you accept what's real then you 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 get this deeper connection to yourself which serves as a foundation for everything else that you do. And when you're not being real and you don't accept yourself because you've got unrealistic expectations and you, you know, you're letting society tell you what to do or your parents or whoever it is that's kind of crept into your psyche and given you a bunch of assumptions, basically, that you're trying to live out and different scripts. Mm-hmm. If you live like that, then you're always going to feel unsatisfied. You're always going to find some reason to judge yourself. You're always going to have unnecessary pressure on yourself. A lot of those People turn into people pleasers because they're just so used to being told what to do. And then people pleasers, obviously, they don't have healthy boundaries. They end up being like that uh, cashier in the the movie you mentioned, Anger Management. And eventually, they just explode because they're not letting it out. And ultimately, it all comes down to what you just said. If you learn to love yourself, you have a healthy relationship with yourself. You're doing the things that are real to you. You're setting healthy boundaries because if anybody disrespects you or goes against, you know, what you believe you want to be doing with your life or tells you that, you know, judges you or whatever, then you're going to set the boundary or you're going to walk away and it just makes life so much easier. So that being said, the question now becomes, I guess, how do we go deeper into doing that so we can circumvent all these problems that arise when we don't do that? And by that, I mean, love ourselves in a healthy way. I I think, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, Firm believer in education. Mm. Um, educate yourself. You know, I've, you know, there's books in my past. You know, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, make it a point to sit down. I want to read a book, but, <laughs> um, but I enjoy the information that comes from reading a good self help book. And, mm. and there's been, you know, self help books that's, you know, 
you know, don't sound dramatic, but you know, it has changed my life because yeah, yeah. it changed my perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And well, and I try to find the most simple books out there, <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people like to you know make it more complicated than it has to be, and I'm all about keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my favorite books, and I've used it in alcohol and drug classes, domestic violence classes, anger management classes is uh the four agreements mm. um it's it's a very you know very popular popular book it's been around for uh, probably close to 30 years and it just you know has has four things it's like hey work on these four things you know mm. and you know it'll transform your life you know don't take things personal mm. don't make assumptions mm. always do your best wow. you know be impeccable with your word mm. Mm. and it's only seven chapters long Wow. It's a very short, short, easy read book. I highly recommend you can get on Amazon for like five bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really makes you think when you come across those situations, okay, well, oh, I'm starting to take this personal, mm-hmm. you know, pump the brakes, mm-hmm. stop, you know, the big stop sign. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. What, what you were saying earlier is kind of funny because, you know, with uh, REBT, you know, they have kind of like their 12 core values. And one of them is unconditional self-acceptance. Wow. And, yeah. they, and it says, uh, healthy people freely accept themselves unconditionally rather than measuring, rating, or trying to prove themselves. Mm. Also, mm. the acceptance mm. of uncertainty. You know, yep. Things are going to happen. Yep. And it's just slowing down and educating ourselves to, hey, I might have an issue with my anger mm. and I'm getting these, all these negative, all this negative feedback mm. rather than just trying to ignore it, just sit down and go, okay, maybe I need to talk to somebody. Maybe I should, you know, read something, mm. something mm. as simple as that. Or yeah. I, and I think, and I actually did a, um, a podcast on this a while back or I was on somebody's podcast and we were just talking about just, you know, taking a time out from technology, mm. taking mm. a time out mm. to just kind of sit with ourselves. Mm. And I, I think a lot of us, you know, we, we, we need to do that. We need to kind of check in with ourselves mm. to see, Hey, you know, what's going on? You know, am mm. I happy? Mm. Am I not happy? Okay. Mm. Well, how can I get through this? Mm. I think you, you've raised a really important point, which is that ultimately when it comes to anger, we can only really be angry if we're filtering things through our self-image or ego, as I like to call it. And like the main source of all these uh, unreal expectations that we have is exactly that. The idea that, you know, if something happens to us, it's personal. So for example, if we're driving in traffic and we're getting angry with the traffic, we might get really angry, but actually it's not a personal thing. It's just like traffic is slow. Sometimes people drive like idiots. It's, it's how it goes. It's not a, an affront to us as individuals, but we can apply that to, to all of life. And it basically boils down to the expectations thing. And what I found is that when we put ourselves on this path that I'm always talking about and that this podcast is about of growing real, we eventually get to the point that you're talking about where we start to raise awareness of how the idea of our self, our self-image, self-identity, 
how that is actually totally unreal. It's just a tool that we use to navigate reality. And if we forget that, that's when we start to have all of these things going on that we perceive to be things that we need to get angry about. But actually, if we can become aware and we can step back and we accept reality itself, which is beyond judgment, really, and therefore removes any kind of need to be angry, ultimately, then we can ultimately start to flow with life a lot more freely. We, we don't have to force everything. We're not constantly putting obstacles in our own way. So I guess my question is, in the work that you do, how does the self-image thing come into it? Like, Do you help people to... Mm-hmm to work on that, taking things personally. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we definitely like to take things personal and you just have to kind of give people a reality check. Yeah. You know, I, I hate to break it to you. Not as special as you think you are. You mm-hmm. know, we're just a little speck you know, yeah. on this marble spinning through the universe and not everything's about you. Yeah. You know, and not everything's going to go your way. And what I try to do is, you know, like I said, I always try to keep it simple. It's like your self-talk, you know, you talk to yourself more than anybody that you talk to on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you saying to yourself? And Mm -hmm. there are some key words that uh, Dr. Albert Ellis points out. And he says, you know, if these creep up into your mind, you're going down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Those absolutes, should, mm-hmm. must, mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. never. Mm-hmm. And I like to throw in fair. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, if those yeah. words creep up into your mind, then right then and there, I'm going down the wrong path. Well, yeah. I should never run into traffic. Well, replace the should <laughs> with, it would be nice to not run into traffic, but reality states that it happens. And yeah. I think a lot of things, that we deal with is that we don't allow humans to be humans. Mm. We're, we're mm. not perfect. The yeah. people we come in contact with are not perfect. Yeah. They're going through life just as you are. They have their challenges. So you got to kind of, you know, like you said, lower your expectations of people. Mm. And mm. because we don't, you know, we don't assume that we're perfect. I hope we don't. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause you know, People are going to let us down. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, people are going to drive crazy. That's just that's just the nature of the beast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way that I look at life is we basically live in, in two realms. There's reality itself where everything is constantly moving. It's chaotic. We have uncertainty. We don't really know what's going to happen. And we kind of just have to trust life and go with it whilst trying to navigate towards our vision and purpose and all that stuff. The other realm that we live in is the world, ultimately, which is just a bunch of ideas and concepts that we have kind of projected onto life individually and collectively based on our relationship with ourselves. And the world is ultimately all of these things you just said. It's a bunch of unrealistic expectations, basically, that are taking taking us away from reality. It's the idea that nothing ever changes that we're really important, that we're special as individuals, that we're going to live forever maybe, and blah, blah, blah. And actually, all of those things, if you believe in them, all of those unrealistic expectations, like other people need to be perfect and all the things we've said, they are always something that we want to believe in because we don't love ourselves. 
So again, it comes back to that. That's basically the foundation of all this. Mm-hmm. When we do love ourselves unconditionally, then we can love other people unconditionally as well. So we don't need them to be perfect. We don't care if they cut in front of us in traffic and all, all you know, all these kind of things. The way to avoid feeling unnecessarily reactively angry is exactly what you said is to get to that point where you love yourself and then all the other stuff slips away. And when that all slips away, it makes space for your real life to emerge because you're not allowing your life to be dictated by your social conditioning and the ego that you've created in response to that. And your underlying uh, emotional relationship with yourself, if you've got underlying unresolved shame, guilt, and trauma. And so maybe this is where we're getting on to how letting go of anger can make us more creative in general. So the way I always talk about it when I'm coaching people and on this podcast, I guess, is it's a three-step process. It starts with awareness, like you said. So yeah, we have to raise awareness of, okay, we have a problem. I have unrealistic expectations, blah, 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 blah. The next stage is acceptance. So it's like, why why do I expect the world to meet all my needs, for example? Well, okay, when I dig into it, I realize I have a lot of shame and so I don't believe in myself and therefore I can't trust myself to get where I want to be. And so I'm putting it all on the world and then the world isn't meeting that, so I get really angry. So when you've gone through awareness and acceptance, and they were just examples of, of how it shows up, then you can start taking the action of actually creating the real life that you want by becoming the person that you want to be without holding yourself back. So what do you have to say there about using anger to get to that point where we do accept ourselves and then we can start building something that's real? Yeah. And, you know, what you said, you know, it's that, it's that awareness. It's that acceptance is, you know, that's, you know, that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Acceptance, you know, it's a it's a lot easier to go with the stream than try to go against it. Mm. And we have to kind of take it, you know, and when life happens, we, we have to go with it, you know. Um, but a lot of people, you know, we try to we try to try to avoid it, you mm. know, because hey, th- this might be difficult or you know, this conversation might be tough. So I'm gonna avoid it, but you know the issue you know, hasn't resolved itself, especially, you know, like in relationships, you know, well, it's going to be kind of an awkward conversation. So I'm just going to avoid it rather mm-hmm. than if we're going to try to get to that point to live the life we want mm-hmm. and to get the things that we want, we have to communicate. Yeah. And that's one of the yeah. biggest obstacles wow. that I've, I've run across is that wow. we don't really communicate well at all <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you think with all the technology and all the social media and stuff you know hey we're communicating no we're not uh, it's kind of like uh there's a skit uh i don't know if you're familiar with key and peel it's kind of a yeah, comedy, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, comedy skit and there's a a skit where these two friends are texting each other and one person is uh taking it the wrong way and he gets upset. The other guy's perfectly fine. And it, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty funny. So I always tell people, I'm like, you know, texting is not communicating because mm-hmm. it's open mm-hmm. to interpretation. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm having a bad day, my filter that I'm viewing the world through is going to be negative mm-hmm. rather than sit down and actually have a, rather than text, call somebody and actually mm-hmm. talk it through. 
Because mm. I don't know about you, but I've definitely sent a text and it <laughs> be taken the wrong way. And yeah, then you yeah, spend yeah. two hours texting back and forth yeah, trying yeah. to say, hey, I didn't mean that. Yeah. When a, a five-minute conversation, you know, it, it would never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I think I do that every day. Like, it's just a, a common occurrence in my life, it seems. But um, with the communication thing, is there a, a deeper level to it as well? So you, 100%, I agree. Like, if people are just superficially going through the motions of living life, and it reminded me of what you said about, um, you know, loving ourselves. Like, if you look on social media or whatever, it seems like everybody is loving themselves, but actually they're not. It's a superficial version where they're trying to run away from their inner shame or whatever. Again, with the communication thing, and communication is very real when it's done right, again, it's kind of a superficial thing that's going on. Like people are just, you know, texting, it's open, it can be misconstrued, all the things you said. So what what's the difference between, you know, this superficial communication that's going on all over the place and the deeper level? Like what's actually, you know, the thing that makes the difference? And how does it relate to all this other stuff we've been talking about? Well, I think a lot of the the superficial stuff is we're, you know, we're not being true to ourselves. Mm. We're trying to project wow. an image. We're trying yeah. to project, uh, yeah. hey, this is, you know, my everything's going great. Hey, look at me, look at me. Mm. When in reality, you know, those are, you know, um, I, said, I think it was Aristotle. I can't remember. He said, uh, basically said, kind of be wary of somebody that, you know, is constantly surrounding themselves with other people mm. and being active and basically says that, you know, those individuals are not comfortable in their own skin. They're not comfortable with themselves, mm. which I'm paraphrasing. Mm. Um, and I think that's true. When you see somebody that's always on the go, always posting stuff out there. Mm. And just, like I said, mm. they never slow down. They never stop mm. because mm. they don't like the communication that they're having with themselves. Exactly. They're not comfortable in their own skin. Mm. And, and it goes back to, you know, they probably don't love themselves. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think it's a, it's exactly that. It's avoidance. So when, we, when we've not been real with ourselves, we don't love ourselves, like we said. And then instead of facing whatever is going on inside of us that's making us not love ourselves, which is normally shame or guilt, I find, which causes us to judge ourselves and filter everything through the ego like we're talking about. When we're in that state, we create lives for ourselves that are a complete distraction. So, you know, we'll be doing everything in a controlled, superficial way so we can maintain whatever image we have of ourselves. We'll find some totally unreal purpose that is basically an attempt to run away from the truth instead of run towards it. And like you said, with communication, it's the same thing. Like, it's so easy to pick up the phone and send a text and okay, it seems like you're communicating, but actually what what are you doing really? Like true communication, I, I would say is about presence and yeah, not all texting is bad if you know, but ultimately you can fall into this rut of thinking you've been real, but actually you're just, you're trying to hide from life. And I suppose this all links because if people are living like that, it's just going to perpetuate all of the things that are making them so angry in the first place, instead of allowing them to go deeper into reality mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Yeah. I, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, the whole, you know, iceberg. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. at the, the top of the iceberg, you know, that's what we see. You know, we mm-hmm. see the anger, mm-hmm. but when you get down below the surface of the water, the iceberg is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, underneath the surface is that shame, that mm-hmm. guilt, mm-hmm. that um, unrealistic expectations. But mm-hmm. yet, we only identify with the anger because that's what we see, mm-hmm. and we don't really dig mm-hmm. deeper to figure out, okay, well, what's really causing this? Mm-hmm. We just we just run with it. Like I said, we're just reacting, and we're just going mm-hmm. through life, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, causing a lot, lot of troubles out there. <laughs> and again, I suppose <laughs> now we've gone full circle because it comes back to the reacting or responding thing, and... Ultimately, there's always going to be something, you know, under the ocean in this, you know, tip of the iceberg analogy. But if we're responding and we have a purpose and we know where to direct our energy, which is into creating something, then we can use what's down there beneath the surface to make what appears to be on the surface much more real. And the way that I always describe it is, you know, to paraphrase Carl Jung, making the unconscious conscious. So it's about making conscious choices where you're either making the unconscious conscious or working with it through the way that you create your life or the the unconscious is dictating your conscious experience. And it all goes back to exactly what you said in this conversation. You either react or you respond. And if you choose something to create, it makes the responding thing way easier. So we covered a lot, but I feel like going full circle kind of brings it all together. Have you um, have you got any final words to kind of sum up everything we talked about, or any you know final lessons you want to throw out there? Uh, just um, one thing that I always try to um, instill into people is that you know our own personal power, you know mm-hmm. our own personal self, you know mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what we have control over, yeah. and when yeah. we we get angry and we allow, you know, people to rent space in our minds. You know, we're giving away our power. Yeah. And uh, uh, Epictetus, you know, way back in the day has a great quote. And he says, any person capable of angering you becomes your master. Mm-hmm. He, he can only anger you when you permit it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, that is essentially a choice. You know, yeah. if I allow you to dictate how I'm feeling, yeah. then I no longer have control. I no longer have the power. Mm. And I'm putting basically, you know, for a lot of people that I deal with, you're putting your life in somebody else's hands. If mm-hmm. you say something I don't like, I don't agree with, and yeah. I punch you in the face, <laughs> I go to jail. Yeah. So now I have no control over my life and I'm putting it in the hands of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that person really is dictating my life because yeah. I've not gathered the tools and the skills to not allow someone to mm. become, you know, as Epictetus said, you know, become my master. Yeah. That is so true and so powerful. And like, if you look at the world, like we were saying, there's so many people that are outraged and they're taking a kind of pride in being outraged, but ultimately by looking for the next thing to get, upset about and be outraged about you're actually taking pride in not being a master of your own domain or whatever and ultimately everything you've shared in this conversation is is 
exactly what you just summed up. Like we have a choice and the choice to take control of our lives instead of trying to control the world is always going to make our lives better in the long term. So that was awesome. Thank you so much for that. Can you tell people where they can find you, like your website and if they want to listen to your podcast as well, like what's it called and how can they find it? Well, uh, I'm easy to get a hold of. Uh, I've got a website. It's called freedomanger.com. Um, there's a link in there that'll get you to our podcast. Uh, podcast is basically called the Freedom from Anger podcast. Uh, you should be able to find it on uh, wherever you find your mm. your podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm not too great at social media. I'm working on it, but uh to find me on Twitter, it's anger underscore LLC. Uh, I've got an Instagram that I'm still trying to figure out, but it's freedom from anger LLC. That's my handle on there. Uh, but probably the easiest road to go is go to our website, freedomanger.com and just go to, I think, I think the tabs media and the podcast is on there and it's got some other stuff that I've done on NPR and uh, various different uh, podcasts and platforms. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, if uh, you listen to the podcast and you like it, um, follow it. If you have any suggestions on topics, um, I'm definitely open to um, going in that direction. Awesome. Well, James, thank you for this conversation. I'll share all those links in the show notes, but really appreciate your time. It's been awesome. So thanks again. And uh, stay real out there. Oh, thanks for having me.